0: you've tuned in to the lovely travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure my name is emma Lovell, also known as lovely and i have a mission to visit every un-recognized country in the world while raising awareness for mental health join me as we revisit some of my past adventures speak to fellow travelers and interesting locals all while following the journey to 195 countries i'll be joined soon by my co-pilot darius in germany And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Welcome to the Lovely Travels podcast, everyone. I am here with my delightful co-host, Darius.
1: G'day, folks. How are you all doing?
0: <laughs> Putting on your most Aussie accent for us in uh, in Germany. Um That's right? <laughs> but we are actually going to the Northern Territory today. The top oh, hey, end-
1: I've been there once, Emma. Yeah, the top end. I I've, I've spent four or five days in Darwin. And I can't really say much, except they had great Vietnamese food.
0: Do you know what? Somebody said that to me a few months ago. They were like, if you want really great Vietnamese food, go to Darwin. And I was like, like, Mm. maybe I'd go to Vietnam first. I think I said, did I say that on our Vietnamese episode? I probably did because it was really the weirdest thing. But now it's coming up quite a bit. And I'm like, "Okay, maybe there's And even on our our lovely guest today does recommend the Asian food in Darwin. They there is a a large population of um, a multicultural population and so i think they do actually have some really great and i i, I tasted it too so yes fact <laughs> good food
1: yeah no I, I i spent four or five days there um did a whole bunch of the touristy stuff it's pretty cool they have like the 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 crocodile museum on the main street right next to a pub it's a it's, it's a very special place
0: it's very it's a very special place yeah <laughs> and i think yeah. if somebody's you know, for their first time to Australia. And if, if you don't know if you're going to get back, I think, you know, you've got some of those major – you're probably going to go to Sydney, possibly going to go to Melbourne, probably Cairns, and go to Alice Springs and hit and go to Uluru, um, which is an exact itinerary that I designed for an American friend who came. And they only came once, so that worked out. You. But, yeah. yeah, if you're not sure, it's, it can be – pricey to get to the Northern Territory because of how remote yeah. it is um but honestly and it took me till I was yeah 25 to get there we didn't go when I was a kid and and now that I've been up into to Darwin and and to, um Alice Springs and Uluru and um I'm booked in again to go next year and I yeah oh, honestly nice. it's fantastic um yeah it, it's like rite of passage for Australia. We shouldn't, yes, we should be going to the ACT to learn about some of our history and and war, and we'll get to that in another thing. We should be learning about our history, our our country's heart, you know, the red centre, like, that Mm. should be part of Australian education. Mm. I agree. Strong viewpoint. But, um, yeah, and that fact, you know, I think that would be an amazing thing for young people to experience young people, Darius, young people.
1: Oh, you've done it, Emma. No. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I'm that lady.
1: Young people like us.
0: Young people like us. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm talking like oh. kids. Sorry. Kids too. Oh.
1: Jeez, oh, you're making it worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, maybe we, uh, we're trying. Who are
1: we talking to today? I hope they're older than us.
0: <laughs> we're trying a new thing today uh, with you know shorter intros. It's not really going well for me. We are talking to the International Woman of Mystery, very appropriately surnamed Nanette Holiday. Literally, that's her surname. Oh, how good that's is a that! Great surname. I know. Yeah, I might, like mine, Billy Holiday. If mine wasn't so catchy and wonderful and lovely, I would probably steal that. But
1: um, imagine if you got married to Nanette, and you could be Emma Lovely Holiday.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, Nanette. <laughs> <laughs> do you accept <laughs> <laughs> poor thing she's gonna jump into this episode a bit. listen back like, Oh, good okay nanette was born to travel N- holiday is her real name she's known as the international woman of mystery for her globe trotting adventures and has lived in over 27 countries since 2009 her writing is a it wow. is as varied as her life and travels, and she's capable and qualified to do it all, from high-profile interviews, licorice all sorts of travel, beautiful homes, food, wine, to advertorial copywriting, corporate content, and multi-million-dollar construction projects. She's now based in Darwin, Northern Territory, Australia, and she's lived there on and off for 25 years, and she's an expert on all that's happening in the Territory, which is why we had her, and she proved just to be that perfect it was, it was perfect so that's amazing shall, oh, shall like- we go yeah we've had like amazing people with bio. like for any future guest game the bar has been lifted so bios need to be copy written by amazing experts and if you don't are not one then you will have to hire one i'm sorry that's the level we're at
1: yeah if you don't have a great bio, emma might call you old <laughs>
0: So, shall we jump in and have a holiday with Nanette?
1: I'm looking forward to it. Take me there, Nanette.
0: Very excited to be talking with Nanette Holiday today, who is in the Northern Territory.
2: Welcome. Hi, Emma. How are you?
0: Yeah, very well. Probably not as balmy as you up there, but uh, yes, very good. And I absolutely love your surname, Holiday. You are perfect for this podcast.
2: Uh, that's what I thought when I married my husband as well, and <laughs> I wasn't expecting to become a travel writer then, which I am now, so <laughs> it made it perfect.
0: It is so perfect. Well, let's start off with telling us a bit about who you are and, uh, yeah, just, well, how did you get into travel writing and all
2: that? Oh, uh, well, these days I'm actually known as the International Woman of Mystery Although I would say that the international part has really been missing in the last 18 months. Uh, I don't get to travel as much in any way, shape or form, but that's the reason I got the um, title in the first place, because for the last 11 years, since I took early retirement, I've been travelling around, writing. I've authored three books and I do a lot of freelance writing, not just travel writing, also um, lifestyle writing. So. At the places where I go and the things that I do,
0: oh, I think I want to be you when I grow up, Nanette. <laughs> so it sounds like a great um, plan. And so, where? It's
2: you- really funny that you say that. It's really funny you say that because um, I wrote a story on solo travel recently, and it was um, aired in Asia. And that, and this kid came back on the um, on the Facebook site and says. I want to grow up and be just like her (laughs) and I had to laugh at that
0: (laughs) I love it you know solo travel can be such a wonderful thing and uh, we'll have to get the links to your books and everything that's very exciting and where are you I mean you were an international woman of mystery but where are you living now can you tell us and how long have you been living there
2: Well, I'm based in Darwin again now. I returned in 2015 to supposedly help a friend out for eight weeks in the dry season. And I'd only just returned to Australia after living in France for five years. So when she asked me to come up and help her bring two businesses together, I went eight weeks, dry season, Darwin, Melbourne's really cold. Yes, I can do that. And I'm still here five years later, because there's also two magazines up here, one called Territory Q, which is a business magazine, and it comes out quarterly. And the other is Resident, a lifestyle magazine. And both people who run those magazines, when they saw that I was back in town, said, can you write for us? So it was perfect, because then I could just still travel in between times. So I made Darwin my home. Plus, I still have many, many friends who still live here, and it just made it absolutely wonderful and very easy for me to go away because they look after my things or my home and it just made it easy so it was a no-brainer to stay back here and now with COVID in lots of ways we've been so lucky up here I'm just blessed that I have got a home here oh, and we've still got our, the majority of our freedom.
0: <laughs> yeah no it's it's um and as I, you mentioned it's um there is a real seasonal thing with northern territory mm-hmm. and i know that i went to darwin in the dry season i went in august and it was very and i did go from melbourne as well so it was perfect timing to to go up there mm-hmm. um and yeah no that's incredible but you said you went back so where are you from originally hey.
2: Uh, Well, my father's Irish, my mother's French, and although I was born in Australia and I did all my schooling in Brisbane, as soon as I finished all my university, I went to the UK to live, as so many people did back in those days. So I lived and I worked in the UK, travelled a lot through Europe. When I came back to Australia, I realised that I only knew the east coast of Australia between Brisbane and Melbourne where our families basically were the extended family. So I thought, hmm. I was going to start travelling around Australia. So I started travelling around Australia, basically doing what all the grown grey nomads do now. I was doing in my 20s, so or late 20s. <laughs> so I landed in Darwin and ended up with a job here and I worked for TV station up here as well. And I had also worked for the TV station in Brisbane and also in Madisa. Isa. So it was a really... Easy place to get along. There's just so much that happens in the Northern Territory. If you really want to make it, you can, and that's what happened here. Um, I actually even started my own business up here when I had my first child, and it was an advertising and media placement agency, and I helped out a lot of tour operators and stuff, beginning and growing with them and helping them establish their marketing and, and everything throughout the whole time. So they became tour um, major um, winners in the Australian tourism industry and stuff like that. So kind of oh, I've yeah. always wanted to be in travel and have been in travel since then. Yeah.
0: Well, as I said before, you I know, left it, I, the dream.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I left here in 2000, I, even though I still had a business and I, I had people in place. So then I started to do my own thing. And in oh. 2009, I went to live in France for five years. So,
0: and that you said that before—that's quite a um, drastic difference going from France to the Northern Territory of Australia. And yes, um, in dry season too. So uh, that would have been, I don't know, at least you'd lived there before. I think for somebody doing it the first time, might be a little bit
2: of a shock to the system. Yeah, it would. It would be a shock to the system for the first time. Although the first time I came here, I mean, I really liked it because there was very little um, for people to do, basically. So it really was a back town. It was, it was a small country town hmm. and basically everybody knew everybody and that's what happened. I mean, and even now, um, the Lord Mayor of Darwin, when he comes to vote and I've been helping out with the NT election Comes to me and says, "You're still my favourite girl from TV days." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it can only happen in the northern Ter- it can only happen in the northern territory. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. We've
0: got an NT celebrity on here. Well, speaking of famous, tell us some of the famous places in the Northern Territory.
2: Uh, well, that's kind of really well. It's not hard, but it's the same as what everybody thinks: Ayers Rock, Uluru. Cataracta, uh, Olga's, Kakadu, Arnhem Land, Kings Canyon, um, but there's also another famous place that people don't really think about, and that's probably Barrow Creek. And a lot of European people would know that from the Falconio murders. Oh. But um, really, just the, the normal places that I think just about everybody's been to. And I mean, I even I know you've been to them, right? <laughs> because uh, oh, you told me you've been to Darwin and you've been to. Alice Springs, so yeah, everybody sort of goes there, and everybody's got to go to the rock, and you do have to do those things.
0: So, you do, and it was um, you know, it was interesting a couple of years ago though, um, when the law changed about um, climbing it, and uh, people. I chose not to uh, when I went. I went in 2012. It didn't feel right. I know that my parents did. They went in the 80s, mm. and I know that it was it wasn't so much awareness around um, how. I know the sign's always been there and that the indigenous owners have always said it, but there's the awareness grew and grew and grew and I didn't feel comfortable, but it was just funny when, when they had that campaign, well not campaign, they told people when they were stopping that. And so all these people flocked to Uluru and I remember seeing someone's Mm. post and they said, Oh, I just so happy that I got to go here in time or something like that. And I was like, it's one of the oldest You know, it's a monolith. It's one of the things that's been there forever. It's a rock. It's, you know, it's actually been here forever. It's the, we have the oldest living culture. They've known about it forever. It's only that you're not allowed to stand on it now that you decide that you wanted to go. And I just think it was, I think it was a very strange time and it's definitely somewhere that uh, people should go. And I think it's, it is nicer now that people are going to go and uh, see it in the way that it's intended.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I exactly agree with you because I did go in the late 70s and there was no five-star resorts there or anything like that either. Um, and we camped, but I climbed the rock. and But there was no signs. The Indigenous really didn't have any um, interaction with tourists back then. And it was really, really basic, everything around the rock, basic accommodation, basic facilities, and when we cl- when I climbed the rock, I have a fear of heights, but it was something that I felt that I really wanted to do um, as part of Australia for start. And I got halfway to the chain because there's a chain on the, or there was a chain on the side. And I turned around and I had a look and I went, and my legs went to jelly and I started to cry and I curled up in a little ball and I wasn't going to get there. And my husband said, Well, you can go back down. No, 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 I can't go back down. It's not what I want to do. I want to get there. So I crawled on my hands and knees to the chain, walked up the chain, didn't look back, got to the top and moved in and then looked around. And it has the most fantastic view. So, you know, it was was dignified back then. There wasn't anything. There wasn't that many people actually climbing it either. So it wasn't like there was a chain of people, like even in the Himalayas these days. Mm. So it, it was it was really few and far between. But we didn't even think about it back then because, like I said, there was no there was no signs, there was no indigenous tours to go on, there was no interaction with any indigenous people even around the rock. You know, in fact, you really didn't see them much. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I started when Sheraton built for the first built sales in the desert, I was part of the um, marketing team for that with my company, and that was for Sheraton in Darwin, Alice Springs in Ayers Rock, and we did all the marketing and all the planning and all the brochures before they opened, and I had a film crew there and everything. But we never attempted to climb the rock then. It was just to be able to see it from a distance, to be able to see it from more accommodation. And even these days... To stay in longitude one three one, where you can actually lay in bed and watch the changing colours of it, how magnificent is that? That's as close as you really need to go. Absolutely. Although now you can actually also yeah, well now you can do weird stuff like uh, a Segway around the base. Yes, they've definitely
0: camel riding.
2: Um, yeah, that's a little bit more. That's a little bit more sedate. That's a lot little bit more natural going on a camel segwaying even I think is possibly a little bit wrong for the rock it 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 has that much more feel about it and knowing much more about it these days it's no way you want to do anything that's wrong around it
0: no and that's where the education center comes in and that's where the awareness and Mm. um you know consulting the you know indigenous landowners and and being able to learn about it so you know even whether we call it um Uluru uh you know it's getting back to those names and I I really I really enjoyed and it does feel spiritual and 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 beautiful and to be up there in in the desert and to be on that land so uh that was wonderful so obviously that's yeah I mean you can't, you can't not. So, but tell me, what would be an itinerary? We sort of brushed on it maybe, but you might have a preferred itinerary for a first-timer to the Northern Territory.
2: It's really hard for an itinerary because most people think that they can come to the Territory and see it within three days. I don't think they realise. <laughs> I don't think they realise that the Territory is actually six times, nearly seven times bigger than the UK right? So that is a long, a lot of area to cover. So break it down and either do the top end and do Darwin and Kakadu. So when you go out to Kakadu, do Ubir, Nalangi, then Yellow Waters, and then come back down through into Catherine, the back road, and then do Catherine Gorge or Nipmaluck and do a couple of days there because you can do canoeing tours and stuff like that. And then come back up and swim in Edith Falls and then enjoy Litchfield. And you do a whole circuit there from Darwin. But that's a good week, minimum. Oh, yeah. A minimum definitely. week. It's not, oh, but I, I get people come to stay at my Airbnb and think that they can go to Kakadu, Catherine, and Darwin all within a couple of days. You might be able to drive there, but you're not going to see anything. You're not going to be able to do anything.
0: Oh, yeah, I was just going to say I went to I went to, Darwin, uh, to Litchfield from Darwin and the thing is, well, we could have just gone, seen it, clicked a photo and moved on, but the, the great thing about it was the beautiful waterfalls and, the, the you know, getting to actually be in the nature and that's something that um, I think yeah. People from overseas and even Australians don't, under, don't understand that the reason you need time, and this is something we keep saying on every episode of Australia, is you need time to enjoy and to take in the landscape because the, the natural wonders are really what you're going to see. there. There's a little bit of information, there's a little bit of signage, but really there's not there's not a whole lot of that going on. Darwin has more museums and things, but otherwise you're really there to to be in the nature and to appreciate it.
2: And especially in this day and age now with COVID and everything, absorbing, letting nature absorb you, you don't realise how wonderful it actually is. And I think people are becoming more and more aware of those sort of things. So, I mean, they can do the other circuit also through Alice Springs, come into Alice Springs. And um, people think that they can go to Alice Springs and look at, see the rock from Alice Springs. That's ridiculous. You know, again, it's nearly a two to three-hour drive. It's a three-hour drive from Darwin to Catherine, for starters. It's three hours out to Kakadu. So people, or four hours nearly out to Kakadu, people don't realise how far things are apart. So make the time, stop at the various places along the way, let the surroundings become part of you and you become part of them. I mean, within Alice, you've got the, both the East McDonald Ranges and the West McDonald Ranges, on the way out to Uluru, Kings Canyon. It's a whole circuit that you can do, and it's just amazing as well, you know. And, and if you've really got the time, hey, drive between Darwin and Alice Springs. Yeah. It's interesting as well. Not as interesting as everybody else would sort of think. There's a lot of areas in between, but the colours that change mm. from the red centre for start, from the reds and the ochres in Alice Springs and Uluru, and then coming up through the middle and it changes into sort of golden browns and then you get some blue because there's some water and then it starts to get green. when In the water areas that you've got, you've got the hot springs of Mataranka and Bitter Springs and it's just beautiful. And then you've got the green of the over-towering palms and just to float in those hot springs is divine. And people think that you can't swim in the territory. No, you're actually safer in Mataranka hot springs and Litchfield in the falls and stuff like that, and even um, the waterholes that are open to be able to swim in because beware of them. Some of them in the McDonald Ranges and that around Alice Springs are not allowed to be swum in because they're sacred sites, again, for the Mm. Aboriginals. So there's meaning and stuff there. So don't don't do anything that you're not allowed to do because it's just not worth it. Go and enjoy the things that you can. But within all of those places... It's better than the swimming on the ocean. We've, we've got beautiful beaches up here in Darwin. Mm. But even I, even I don't walk in the edges of the water, not even in the dry season. We do have crocodiles in the harbour. Yes,
0: we actually
2: yes. have 120,000 120, um, people population in Darwin. We have just as many crocodiles as that in Darwin Harbour. Oh, and people don't believe me, but they are there.
0: They, they are, are there. there
2: and the rangers have permanent traps out all the time to catch them when they're close, too close to um, residential areas.
0: And you definitely so have to. It's yes, not it's, just
2: the wet season. It's all yeah. year round.
0: <laughs> As you said, okay. we definitely read the signage where you go and um you know if you do have a short amount of time uh which I did I did I was one of those people the first time I went I only had three days so we did a tour and it was it was good to have somebody who knew uh where to go so on that tour I was predominantly going to Uluru and um Kings Canyon but you know as soon as you're there you always I just wished I had more time and I can't wait to go back. And I'm I am going, there will be an episode next year about um, in May. I'm trekking the Lara Pinta Trail, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. Excellent. I'm very excited to, to do that. And actually, we will have an Indigenous guide, which I'm really excited about.
2: And look, wherever you can, always have a guide with you because there's so much history and there's so much knowledge, indigenous knowledge behind. That people just don't realise, they sort of drive past and go, oh, yeah, okay, tick that off, tick that off. No, it's not the way to go. To really learn about the territory, go on guided tours to start with. Once you've done that, fine, go and do your own thing and spend a little bit more time. But you know the background, you know the history, and you know the culture and things of the area. I mean, some of the most amazing things are the bush tucker tours that mm. um, the Indigenous now do within Kakadu and Arnhem Land. If you can get on a trip within Arnhem Land, do it, because there's just so much wonderful stuff in Arnhem Land as well. Um, but there's some really good cultural tours happening now where you you become one with the Aborigines, you live with them, you do the things, you hunt with them, you make things, it, cook the whole bit. It's just amazing.
0: That's wonderful. We actually had on uh, one of our episodes, uh, we had Leandra, who is Leandra, she's the founder of Leandra Swim, which is an Indigenous owned uh, swimwear company. And she's up in Arnhem Land. So we got a little bit to learn a little bit about that area, which I said, I've never been. And that's just a whole new world and definitely need some time um, up that that end as well. So it was really great to, to hear from her. Um, so tell me, though, we've talked about a few different places. Was one of them your favourite or what is your favourite? I know that's like asking um, who's your favourite child, but what's your favourite place in the Northern Territory?
2: Uh, favourite place probably from Darwin would be Litchfield, but unlike everybody going into Wongai, Florence or Bowie Rock Hole now, um, see, I went there went before it was even a national park. And I just remember swimming around and then sitting on a rock and having my lunch with a goanna. And you can't do that anymore. I mean, I know there's some goannas come around, but this was a pretty big one. And he was pretty special. But there's a lot more smaller waterfall areas now being opened up by the government within the park. And they park. um, Parking is about a kilometre. So you've got a kilometre walk to get into these smaller waterfalls but you're not getting the bus tours going in there. Yeah. So they're the ones when you're just going down on your own, I suggest that people go to, if they can do the walking to get in there, go and stay in those because you'll have such a good time down there and without all the other hordes and the bus tours coming around with you. Um, the other way of doing that, and this is what I like doing, is jumping on a helicopter and getting them to drop you in there. Oh, so, wow. you know, it's, it's a really nice way of doing it. That the other is things I like best is yeah, <laughs> oh, helicopters are fantastic. <laughs> so um, Look, we have a lot of helicopter tours also around um, the Territory and also even here in Darwin they do a heli pub crawl which is a unique way of going and seeing some of the way or further out um, pubs. So there's one at Dundee and then at Crabclaw Island and then another one right in the middle of the Adelaide River. So you're surrounded by crocodiles there too, but we don't touch <laughs> them. <laughs> and um, then you fly back over the merry River wetlands and you come into the famous Humpty Doo pub, um, which was famous for, for um, the... Crocodile Dundee yeah. days, mm-hmm. so and it's still still got character charm. So <laughs> yeah, you you just do a lot of the different ones, but it, it's a it's a full day tour and it's it's well worth it to get the empty out there experience. <laughs> um, I've taken lots of friends from the states and also from Melbourne on that at different times, especially when they're up here for the Darwin Cup Carnival.
0: Oh, brilliant. No, no well, helicopters, I, I saw them, yeah, when I went to Uluru and the Kings Canyon helicopter tour is quite a popular one. Uh, I actually yeah. have to go back to Kings Canyon because I only saw the car park because it was raining that day and I didn't oh, bring no. a rain jacket. And I had I had a coat but I thought I just couldn't, I couldn't afford to get sick and I said – and everyone was so surprised because I'm someone who always says yes to everything but I said – I just don't need to get drenched and I know it would have been spectacular to see it in the wet because it's quite rare but um I just said no thank you and I was the only one who stayed and then about 10 minutes later somebody else came back and about 20 minutes later somebody else came back and then about half an hour later somebody else came back because it was really raining and oh that
2: was just gonna sound that sounds terrible
0: (laughs) yeah I just you know and, and I said you know I was so glad to be there and everything but I said I'll come back. Absolutely, that's my excuse if I ever needed one to come back. Uh, but no, I just getting drenched. Uh, so top tip: even though you're going into the desert, even though people think it never rains, in the desert take a take a rain jacket, even a windbreaker, just in case, because then you'll be able to see Kings Canyon.
2: <laughs> yep, that's a good idea, especially <laughs> but- in the wet season. Look, the wet season storms aren't always that long. Sometimes, you know, within half an hour it's all, all done and dusted. And the other thing is that they're not cold. Mm. You know, the waters not the rain is not cold like it is down south. It's it's warmer and you dry out really quickly afterwards as well. So yes. it's a shame you didn't get to see that. But hey, there's a reason to go back. So go to Absolutely. Kings Canyon, do the room walk and go and stay at the glamping tents at Kings Canyon Station.
0: There you go. Well, now I know you, so I'll get the best um, tour of it anyway. Tell me, are there any unique foods um, in the Northern Territory or food experiences? You did mention the bush tucker, which is something I feel like you must do.
2: Oh, yeah. Sorry about the helicopter that was flying over then.
0: (laughs) Oh, there we go. Very timely. (laughs) Um,
2: Camel. Mm. Look, camel is one of the things that you can get here, and kangaroo also, and also water buffalo, and they're all really beautiful meats because they're not super fatty or anything like that, and they're really, really beautiful, done well, usually really good. Uh, Crocodile we have as well, Mm, tastes a little bit like chicken, chewy chicken, yeah, but with a sort of a fishy. Fishy flavor. If it is Chickety done right, fish, it's actually fish, fishy, quite chicken. nice. Mm.
0: It can yeah, be. It can it be. Is. I liked. <laughs> I, I preferred alligator. Actually, I had alligator in Florida, and I liked their little like alligator yeah. nuggets. But um, yeah, no, the crocodile can be hit and miss.
2: <laughs> no, if 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 crocodile, if you if you're at a big hotel and there's a function on and they have crocodile there, it can be done really well and that's the only way to really have it don't try doing it yourself no it, <laughs> a bit too hard green ants are the other things that we have that um look pat mango have just won a gold plate award for their green ant um, dessert it's um just really nice mango ice cream and in a nice little um white um, chocolate bowl and got green ants in it and they have just got really tangy flavor Wow. Not that I'd like to eat a green ant on its own, but when you eat it in that context, it just adds a little bit of zing. Uh, the other things that people do get on bush tucker things are Witchity grubs and um, uh, no, I don't go there either.
0: <laughs> it's an experience, isn't it? You, you know, you,
2: yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't even let it come close to my lips, no thank you. <laughs> but other bush tucker foods... Uh, other bush tucker foods and the um, bush tomatoes and the herbs and the spices that they use, absolutely get to know them because they're so good in our cooking. Yep. They are just amazing. Yep. So, but here in the Territory, we also have the biggest and the juiciest mangoes and we get the first ones of the seasons. So I never buy a mango in a shop ever because I've got friends that have got mango farms and I oh. I get the best and we also have the best freshest barra. I'm always worried when I go south and see barra on the menu and then get it and go, "Yeah, it doesn't really taste like barra."
0: No, <laughs> so that's an, it we is do a big have thing. some isn't
2: it? really good barra up here.
0: Even in yep. Alice Springs, I and think I mean, the look, restaurants was called Barramundi that uh, where we yeah we went out to dinner. I think It was called Barramundi and it was like, "Oh, okay." And I oh, thought no. I thought we're in the
2: middle of uh <laughs> why are we? Oh yeah but much? you can still get it fresh
0: yeah it was i was you can still impressed. get it
2: fresh yeah yeah <laughs> uh, look the other thing is if you're in darwin hit the parat markets don't i know everybody goes to mindle beach markets and the sunsets are beautiful and we have the most stunning sunsets up here. yes but parat markets is the local markets and it's on every saturday all year round saturday morning from eight to one and line up, and I mean line up, for Mary's Luxa.
0: Oh, yeah! It yum. is
2: absolutely amazing because we have, you know, we have a Heinz variety of um, people living in the Northern Territory and, you know, we've got different 54 or 57 different nationalities. So we have the best of all of those sort of foods. But Mary's Laksa at wrap markets, um, stuffed chicken wings, green yum. pawpaw salad. And then just picking up the fresh seasonal fruits that people grow in their own yards and stuff and they have them at the markets. I mean, I just got a big bowl of figs the other week for $10. Oh,
0: amazing. Uh,
2: fresh figs are so, nothing's nicer than fresh figs.
0: Oh, I love it. And that so tropical we have- environment, you want to have those lovely fruits and, and actually being that it's quite um, hot up there, Asian foods are really lovely in that sort of climate.
2: Uh, it, it's It is absolutely the best. The other thing is, um, like with the mangoes, when I get it from my friends, I slice it and then I lay it flat in a freezer bag and put it into the freezer. so then, when we are in the middle of wet season or humidity or even in the build up, I can pull out a slice of mango frozen mango and eat it like an ice block. Oh, it is divine it is a, the best
0: <laughs> a brilliant top tip. And so you've mentioned a couple as well, but uh, unique experiences in the Northern Territory there. Are there any other unique experiences that you would highlight for visitors?
2: Uh, Oh, just look, our sunsets, all right? I really, really enjoy our sunsets. We have some of the best sunsets under the sun, right? Um, Really just enjoy those. Look, other places to go, even just to experience Lorella Springs and the Lost Cities in Bitter Springs. That's out um, around the Roper area. Anywhere in Arnhem Land, as I said, Kings Canyon, uh, Goss's Bluff um, Crater, um, south of Alice Springs, any of the rock art sites and the gorges. I mean, look, there's just so much. Yes. I can't just. <laughs> and And each one is unique in its own right. So every time you come across one, don't think, oh, my God, Here's another waterfall. Like here's another temple.
0: No, no, no. no. It's
2: they are unique within their own right, and they are just so beautiful.
0: And I'll just you know we've we've have mentioned it quite a few times, but really when you go to those sites like like the day we went to Litchfield, and it's good. I my friend was in the army and he was living up there, so he knew. But you know we took an esky, we took some food. Of course, took mm. our swimmers and we really made a day of it. And I think, yeah, don't it, just swing by and take a photo because you'll see everyone there enjoying and getting. And it is just with the hot weather, it's just so luscious to be able to go into that and to be able to, yeah, soak in that in that gorgeous environment. And
2: yeah. and the wet season is beautiful because everything's green, um, everything's fresh. It smells fresh. It's beautiful. So people, don't be dissuaded by saying hey don't come up in the wet season because it's too hot yeah the build-up time um october november are probably the worst all okay. right then in the new year the earlier parts of the new year and stuff when it really is wet on and off but it it has its moments and then you can get out and do things and i mean hey if it does rain just duck into the nearest pub for a little bit you know You'll be fine. Yeah,
0: it's not terrible, but as um, you know, some of the th- one of the things you know, I'm going in May, and I I did used to help people. I worked for a company and helped people to prepare to go on these treks, and one thing that people don't realise uh, is that yes, it's hot because it's the desert, but you know, in those uh, May to mm. August sort of months, it's freezing at night. So you need to really pack kind yes. accordingly and pack. You know, like um, like many places, layers are great. So puffer jackets, which are quite light to to pack. As I said, I didn't pack a a rain jacket, even though I had one. Very good trekking sort of jacket. Just those layers um, and breathable fabrics. I'd say too, your bamboos and your, um, cottons and things, because because it does. Then that they will st- they will adjust with the temperature, yeah. but.
2: And if you pack in layers and light layers like that, it's really easy to rinse them out of a night time, and they dry really quickly as well. Um, but always pack, always pack one good thing as well, yes. because don't be, don't be mistaken in thinking Alice Springs or Darwin, or even Catherine for that matter, have nothing, because they do have good restaurants and it will be really nice, and they do have nightlife. So you know. Guys, guys should always make sure that they have one pair of long trousers and good shoes, not always just songs, okay?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, and shorts. That's great. And because, because people going, yeah. you know, they think it's all desert and outdoors and you, you've only got hiking boots and flip flops, then yeah, it is nice to, you know, and we had that, had a nice dinner out in, in Darwin. There's some phenomenal restaurants.
2: We have, we have some amazing restaurants in Darwin and El Piato is a beautiful one that down at the casino with beautiful white tablecloth, class, first-class service. But the pricings are no different to or they're actually cheaper than your restaurants um, down south. But for the average ones around town and beautiful, fresh Italian food, the chef is Italian, and he makes all his own pastas and pizza bases, a whole lot, and sources all the food. Everything is fresh. I mean, the pasta with the fresh tomatoes and stuff. Oh my God, it just melts in your mouth. And you're sitting there watching a beautiful sunset over Mindel Beach at the same time. What Perfect. more can a girl want?
0: Perfect. You've given us so many great tips, <laughs> but I would love to hear um, maybe a general travel tip for, you know, because you are this world international traveler. Uh, or another tip about the
2: NT, you tell us. Uh, perhaps a trip, tip about the NT. I think I've given you about the general travel tips things because packing light to me is always, no matter where I go, but in layers. So to me that is my general sort of thing like that. But um, here in the Territory, um, I mean, we have we have a couple of funny sayings. One of them, do you know what the NT actually stands for, Emma? You tell me. <laughs> Emma?
0: No, yeah, you Yeah. Okay. Tell me. No.
2: Okay. The the N T stands for not today, not tomorrow, not um, to, yeah, not today, not tomorrow, not Tuesday, not Thursday. Don't worry about it. You know, it'll happen eventually because everything's <laughs> that's the way it is. That, so that's the N T.
0: Very laid back. Okay. Good. To yeah. Know.
2: Very laid back. Look, and the other thing is we don't have big, obtrusive industry up here. Our water, wherever it is throughout the Territory, is drinkable and it's beautiful. It's always so nice and we're never that far from the bush. The serenity is gorgeous. So we don't have a lot of traffic worries. It's always warm. It's always laid back Oh, It's always warm except for um, down around Dallas and stuff in the, what, winter in the dry season. It is cold down there then. Yes. But just when you come to the territory, relax it is a slower pace of life. Enjoy the laid-back lifestyle, the casualness and everything else and the warmth because it's just like the friendliness of the people.
0: Oh I love that And as the old saying went, if you never never know if you never never go, you never never know.
2: Exactly. so <laughs> you've got to come along. Thank come you along so and enjoy much, the place. <laughs>
0: You have lived up to your surname. Oh, thank oh, you for your time. <laughs> Absolutely loved it, and uh, as it, well, I actually do have my trip to the Northern Territory booked. So there we go. Stay tuned for a episode next well, year. You,
2: well, if you, if you are coming to Darwin, make sure you contact me and I'll show you around.
0: I will, and I'm going to open that to all of our yeah, to all of our listeners. No, <laughs> call Lynette, give yep. me the tips. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, already looking forward to the next one. Uh, we also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, but in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram.
0: Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community.
1: You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com.
0: Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com.
1: And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us.
0: All good podcasting locations. So That's tune in right. next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then.
1: Thank you.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.